man, that video just touches to all the points, right? All the nature, all the beauty, everything that God has made is for us so that we can connect to him. And so today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that there's freedom in letting go. We can experience God in a lot of ways, but he wants us to experience freedom in letting go. And I'm going to share some things from my experience. I, we were on vacation a couple weeks ago, and um, I connect so much when I'm on the beach, when I'm on the ocean. And <laughs> so we're going to share a little bit about that today. Um, when I went on vacation, I took a book with me called uh, Invitation to Retreat. And the book was all about God inviting me, inviting us to a space. Um, he, he, she referenced the military concept of strategic withdrawal. There's reasons why the military pulls back at different points. And this book, All in Spiritual Formation, talks about how we as Christ followers, leaders, there are times and seasons where we need to get away. Jesus often withdrew uh, to get away, to pray, and to reconnect with the Father. And so that was this whole entire book. And it was so encouraging to me because it, this, it focused on that there comes a time when soldiers who have been involved in battle need to do the following, all right? And so we are in a spiritual battle. Whether you realize it or not, there is good and evil, and we are constantly in a spiritual battle. As Christ followers, if you know Jesus, you are in a battle. The enemy wants your soul. He wants to destroy and kill. That is the goal for him for your life. So we are in a battle. And so there comes a point where we need to take a break. There comes a point where we need to rest. There comes a point where we need to retreat into a place and allow God to tend our wounds. Amen? <laughs> there comes a time where we need to get perspective because our perspective is not God's. We can get so focused on the things of this world and everything that's binding us up. And so we have to get away. We have to retreat into some space so that God can help us in that area. Amen? And so this was what God was inviting me to as we were on vacation, this space of retreating with him. Um, and I'll tell you, you don't have to go to a beach. Some of you connect differently. It's nature. It's on trails. Maybe it's just sitting by a fire. Maybe for you, you know, it's different for all of us. We connect in to God in different ways. But I want to encourage you to make space, make time. Our world is so full and so loud, and it's constantly coming at us. And if you want to hear God, if you want to know what he's saying to you, you have to slow down. And you have to get yourself in a place where you're ready to receive. Amen? So let's pray as we get into the word today. Father, thank you for your presence here today. God, thank you that you are speaking. God, I pray that you will, over the next few moments, you'll speak to us what you want us to hear today. God, I pray that you'll make the invitation to us to draw near to you. And God, as we do that, you promise to draw near to us. And so, Lord, use the words of your scripture. God, we thank you that it's living and active. God, we thank you that um, you have set apart for us a special word for today. And so, God, I pray you'll remove everything from my heart. And, God, that you will just speak from heaven to our congregation today. Open our ears. Open our hearts. And, God, may we be ready to just receive all that you have for us today, God, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. You see, God is not concerned with just a portion of our well-being. 
He cares about all of it. Every part of it. He's a God of wholeness and a God of healing. When we get saved, he doesn't want us just to get saved so we can go to heaven. He wants us to find him, accept that invitation, and so then walk out a path to healing and wholeness and deliverance, even on this side of heaven. He knows the world that we live in. He's very aware of the chaos, right? And his peace is literally the only way we're going to get through it. Jesus is the only way that we are going to make it through the world that we live in because we're bombarded. Do you feel that way? Constantly by temptations, stress, anxiety, worry, the cares of the world, just the chaos of the world. <laughs> we're bombarded at every place. These are distractions that the enemy throws at us to try to move us away from focusing on Jesus, from keeping that our priority. And it works oftentimes, right? Grace is the antidote for all of that. Trust is what activates it, and love increases its potency. Our hearts are ground zero for everything. God is always at work on our heart because he knows best. Listen to this. If the heart is at peace, then the mind and the body will follow. That's why the enemy throws so much distraction. He wants us to not be at peace. He wants our heart and soul to be so distracted, full of other things, that we cannot experience God. We cannot connect in with God like we want to. So we're talking about experiencing God. Another word for the word experience is encounter. Encounter literally means to come upon face to face. How cool, right, to experience God, to come upon him face to face like Moses did, right? That simply means like running into. Don't you think running into God is the best thing that can happen to us? Running into the one who has the answers to it all, who holds the world in his hands? We need an encounter with him. And not just one time. We need to have encounters with him. Because an encounter with God is what transforms us and gives us the power and the direction that we need in our life. Transformation is what is needed. Miracles are good, amen? Yeah. Signs and wonder are good, absolutely. Prophecies are good. But God doesn't want us to live off the high of those things. All of those are good and they need to lead us to our moment of encounter with Jesus, that one-on-one, -on -one, that real relationship. God wants you to experience him personally, not just to know about him, but to really know him. Amen? All those things are great. We can read about them. You can hear about it happening in somebody else's life, but God wants to personally come into your life face-to-face -face and have that encounter with you. Going to church or reading your Bible is not really fully knowing him. Knowing him means you know his heartbeat. You know his mission. You know his plan. Knowing him is surrendering to it all. There's, there's one thing you can know information, right? 
You can know a lot about what the Bible says, but is it transforming how you live and how you behave? There's a difference between information and transformation. And listen, I'm not saying it's not good to know your scripture because we need to know the word of God. We need to be more literate, Bible literate, absolutely. But what I don't want us to do is to get so head knowledge full that we're not allowing it to transform us. Amen? So not just information, but transformation. Anybody need some transformation in their life here today? Just raise your hand, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's so much available, so much knowledge out there. You, we, we have it all at our fingertips. We don't want knowledge. We want transformation. And that comes by having an experience with God, having experience with the Holy Spirit, where he comes and changes your life. Everywhere that Jesus had an encounter with anybody in scripture, they had an experience with him, they left changed every single time. That's why we come to church. That's why we connect in as the family of God, right? We don't do it just so we can hang out and check it off. Oh, we did that. No, we come because we want to meet with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because we realize he has the answers that we need for our everyday life. Amen? <laughs> Psalms 103 verse 7 says this, and I, I want to tell you something. I left my glasses um, <laughs> at home today, so I'm using these random readers. So um, I apologize if you see me squinting a little bit. That, that, is, that is why. Psalms 103, verse 7 says, He made known his ways to Moses, but his deeds to the people of Israel. There's a difference between knowing. You can read about what's happened in Scripture, right, in the Old Testament. Oh, yeah, we know the acts of God. But Moses knew his ways. He knew the heart of God. He was close to him. He had saw him face to face. That's the kind of relationship I want to have with God is that face-to-face -face where I know him and he knows me. Amen? Is that what you want in your life? Not just to, well, I, I read that God answers prayer, or I read that God heals. Don't you want to experience that in your own life? Yes. Amen, right? So a couple weeks ago, my husband and I, we were at the ocean. We were in California. These are some of the pictures uh, that I took while I was there. Torrey Pines is this a beautiful overlook and um, there's just nothing like standing at the edge of the ocean, right? And you look out, and all you see is water. All you see is sky. God is so incredible. I mean, he, he's given us all of these things. Even this picture, I love this picture of this cactus because in the midst of this picture is this beautiful flower in the midst of thorns, like, what a, what a reminder to us in the midst of pain and what can be really harsh and hard is this beautiful flower. Like, God has given us in creation, in everything that he's made, all this beauty. But if we don't take time, if we don't slow down enough, we walked that path, that middle picture, we walked for, I don't know how long, a couple miles, along just the edge of the water and this, the sand, the beauty of God's creation, he has given that to us so that we can connect to him, so that we can be in his presence and be grateful, so we can experience God and his, the beauty that's around us. But we're so bombarded and we're so full with all of our problems and we get so, you know, focused in on this small little space, which matters, all right? 
Our life matters. We matter to God. He cares about all the things we care about. So it's not that our problems don't matter to him, but sometimes we can just get so focused on it. And God's like, man, look up, look around, get outdoors, get into my presence, experience me, experience the love that I have for you and all of this beauty. Get your eyes off the negative, the hard, and get it onto this just amazing beauty that God has given us. You know, there's nothing like standing at the edge of the ocean with each wave barreling in, one after another. Smelling the salty breeze, seeing the vastness of it, our eyes scanning the horizon to try to comprehend, is there an end to this? And feeling so small in the middle of it. I think that's why I love it so much is because it reminds me of how little I am and how big he is. The ocean is full of wildlife and mystery. (laughs) To scan its depths is to discover a world filled with activity and creatures that we wouldn't even, we don't even probably know fully all what is in the ocean, what is underneath what we see on the top. There's so much for us to experience with God, and and we just don't tap into it. We don't connect in like God wants us to. Life is much like the ocean. It moves us, it shapes us, it supports us, it awakens us to new shores. And ultimately, life teaches us to be like the water ourselves, strong yet calm, steady yet yielding, subtle yet beautiful. So here's just some reflections that I had as I was able to be on the beach and we took our beach chairs and take, you know, my Bible, my journal, my headphones and just be able to just be in his presence, walk, sit, listen. Some of these words that came to my mind were this. These are all adjectives. As I was looking at just the beauty, right? Words like powerful, peaceful, strong and mighty, beautiful, divine, restorative, freedom, peace, love, joy, unmeasurable, healing, warmth, soul recovery, depth. These were the things as I was journaling that just came to me as I was in this space, retreating, getting away, being able to be in the beauty of God's creation. I noticed also that everybody that was in the water Literally, we're having a great time. There was nobody in the water depressed. There was nobody in the water that was like, oh, life is miserable. You couldn't find it. Everywhere you looked, everybody was like partying. Not in like a bad way, but you know, they're on boards and jumping around and yelling and having a good time. Everybody that was in the ocean. That's like what heaven's going to be like. Enjoying it, having a good time. I'm sure that they had problems in their families. I'm sure there were things going on in their lives, right? But while they were there in that moment, it was like it all went away. There were different, different types of groups and families, right? As I would watch each new wave, right, the, it would come up and the beach would get a fresh new start. The footprints were gone, the rocks, right? It would just clear it away. What a reminder to us of God's constant grace and his mercy that when we accept it, it just, his forgiveness washes away our sin, right? Washes away the shame 
constantly, over and over. His grace is so good. So here's a few lessons that we're going to go through really quick on letting go, all right? First one is this. As I was sitting there, the Lord was like, Michelle, you've got to stop striving and you've got to start abiding. I think a lot of you in here, you relate to the striving, right? You work hard and there's nothing wrong with working hard, but sometimes we can do so much. We try to gain love from God. We try to gain from other people and God is saying to you and to me, stop striving and start abiding I saw on an Instagram account, somebody wrote this, I'm striving to be a godly man, striving to be a godly woman. You know, we're working, we're working so hard to be a good Christ follower, to be, God's like, stop your striving. The word strive means to make efforts to achieve or to obtain something. The word abide means to live in, to continue or remain in. He wants us to remain in him, in his presence. He has all that we need. Psalm 46, 8 says this, Cease striving and know that I am God. (laughs) That's pretty clear. Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's for somebody here today. Someone this morning needs to hear, God wants you to stop striving and just start abiding in him. John 15 talks about we are the branches. He is the vine that we need to plug into him, the source of all things. We plug into all the wrong things. We think the things of the world you know, are going to get us what we need to, and it's not. We need to abide, remain, settle into Christ for all things. So that's the first step in letting go is we have to stop striving. And that's hard. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you something that's like, oh, yeah, that's really easy to do. This is hard. It's hard to do. But if we want to let go, if we want to let God take over, we've got to stop striving and start, start abiding in him, abiding in his presence. Amen. The second thing that's helpful is this, surrender the need for control. Anybody in here like to be in control? Oh, like only a couple of you. Mm, okay. <laughs> so if you're like many of us, you crave control. You'd like things to be a certain way. Well, the remedy for that is prayer, surrender, like letting God take over. We need to go to God and tell him this, say a prayer, something like this, God, I confess that I like being in control. It makes me feel safe and secure. It makes me feel like I have a purpose, but I know that being in a control freak isn't going to get me anywhere. Help me, Lord, to surrender control to you each and every day. Help me to trust in you deeply so that I will not fear Help me remember that you hold it all. (laughs) We need to surrender that need for control. And again, that is a difficult thing that we have to practice. We have to lay those things down at the feet of the cross and let Jesus take care of it. So if you're having trouble, like I often do, surrendering that control, here's, here's something that you can do to practice, all right? You can do it in a journal. You can uh, do it on a piece of paper. But Write down the things that are holding you 
tightly. Write down the things right now that are weighty, that are heavy, that you're overwhelmed with. Write them down in a journal. List them out. So what I want us to do right now is just take 30 seconds, close your eyes, all right? And I want you to think about what are those things in your life that are heavy right now, that are overwhelming you? And I want you just to just list them in your head. One, two, three. Now I want you to imagine yourself taking those things and laying them at the feet of Jesus. Lord, I give you those things. Walk with me. Help me. Help me to surrender those things. You can open your eyes back up. Something that simple. Identifying what's heavy, what's overwhelming us. Writing it down or getting it in our mind and then just saying, Jesus, I give it to you. We're not meant to carry all of that. (laughs) We're supposed to help each other carry each other's burdens. And then we lay those at the feet of Jesus. Psalm 37, 7 says this. The Lord will be king over the whole earth, and on that day there will only be there will be one Lord and his name, the only name. Uh, Psalm 107, 28 through 30 says, Lord, help. Uh, that's an easy prayer, right? You don't always have to have the right words to say. Sometimes you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to God. Well, there you go. I just gave you the clue. Lord, help. Sometimes that's all it takes. Lord, help. They cried in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He calmed the storm to a whisper, and he stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. God is there to take care of us. We don't need to worry. We need to surrender the control, letting him know. I'm waving the white flag. And he will take care of it. Whatever storm you're in, he is the peace to that storm. We just have to trust fully, which is hard. These are not easy things. Number three is this, be still and know. Here's another tough one. Be still and know, all right? Go back to the Old Testament in Exodus 14. We see the Egyptian fighters trying to capture the Israelites after they let them go, right? This is the scene before the parting of the Red Sea, big time for Israel. They're getting free, and then all of a sudden now the Egyptians are coming back after them. Moses is leading the way. I don't know how many millions of people were with him, but like what a scene. Can you just visualize that? First of all, the chaos, you know, and now they see the Egyptians coming back after them, and they're freaking out. And I love this scripture, all right, in Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. So this is what Moses, the leader, is telling them, right? I just, this is great. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Stand firm. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. We are so much like the Israelites, right? We've watched God do a million things in our lives and provide and take care of us over and over and over again. And and then something else bad happens and we go, oh God, where are you? Are you going to come through this time? You know, we're so like that. And, you know, here Moses, I'm sure, is worn out and exhausted and like, you know, (laughs) he trusts God. He knows God. 
And he's saying to these people, don't be afraid. Stand firm. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be silent. That's a word for someone today. Stand firm. The Lord will fight for you. The Lord is fighting for you. You just need to be still and know he's got it. Be still and trust. And you know, in the story out of Exodus, God rescued them. (laughs) Of course he did, because that's what he does. He takes care of. He was in control the whole time. Even though it didn't look like it, even though they started to worry, they started to get really scared, God was in control and rescued them completely. That's incredible. Even when the enemy was on the way, ready to take the Israelites out, God had a plan. He saw it from his perspective. We got to be still and know. We've got to trust him. Our perspective is always so small because we're like a grain of sand, right, in a, in a vast ocean. Like, we are so small. He's got it under control if we can just relax. So I want to do this. I'm talking about experiencing God, right? So I'm going to, for one minute, I want us just to close our eyes, and we're going to pause, and we're just going to literally practice silence. As you've been here the, today, experiencing worship, talking about experiencing God, and just for 60 seconds, I want you to clear your mind and just listen to what God is speaking to you, all right? Let's practice that. Let's just take 60 seconds. Close your eyes. Can you hear anything in your heart, in your soul? What's God saying to you about who you are? What's he saying to you about what you're facing? What are you hearing him speak to you today? Be still and know. I am God. He is God. And he's got it. And we can trust him. Silence is a great spiritual discipline. Solitude is as well. Jesus often went away to get away from the crowds, to be able to be one with God, to abide with his Father. Guys, we need to, as men and women, we need to practice more silence, more solitude, because the world's getting louder and louder, and we need to be able to get away and take space, even for one minute. If you can begin to practice every day, just one minute, pausing and just being silent and just listening for the Father, 
it will start to change how you experience him. It'll start to change how you're able to hear him. And it takes practice, trust me, because you start to close your eyes and you start to listen and you're hearing all, you know, it's, we're so distracted all the time. But begin to practice that. There's so many ways that we can experience God and God wants to connect with us in those ways. The fourth thing is this, trust, trust, trust. That's like reiterating, I know. But trusting in God is a lifelong process, all right? We don't figure it out right away. And it's something we have to continue to learn. It's a choice that we make to trust him. We've got people in our congregation who are going through some really difficult things. And they're trusting. They're putting their lives in God's hands because it doesn't make sense what they're going through. There, there aren't any ways to, to answer what some of these hardships are. But when you trust, again, you take your hands off the wheel. We have to learn to let go of trying to figure out the whys of life. Let go of it and just trust that God understands more than we ever could. That's not easy to do. I'm not saying that that's easy. But that's where we need to get to. We need to get to that place of letting go. Another thing that can help you as you're in this process of gaining freedom, letting go, letting God be the one that's driving the ship, make a list of all the things that God has carried you through. Put it in a journal. Write it out. Be grateful because God has walked you through many things in your life. And sometimes we just forget. We forget what he has done. So make a list of those things so that you are reminded. Hebrews 13.5 says this. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. The God of the universe who made everything, who created us, who loves you so desperately, says that he will never leave you or forsake you or abandon you. We're not, we're not by ourselves in this. And you can trust him. Isaiah 46.4 says this, I will be your God throughout your lifetime. I love that. Throughout your lifetime. Until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. What promises God is a God that he cannot lie. He tells the truth. And so when we read scripture like this, we can bet on it. We absolutely know God is who he says he was, is. I will carry you along and save you. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. We just have to trust. Keep trusting when you have another circumstance, when something tries to make bring fear, trust. Get back to trusting no matter what. Trust in him. God will come through because he always has and he always will because he doesn't change. He's the same God in the Old Testament as the New Testament as now. Isn't that incredible? And we can, we can bet on that. We can take it to the bank. The last thing is this, and as we get ready to close, seek God, seek God Seek God first, right? And all the things will be added to you. Seek God, but then let the stuff go, right? God holds the world in his hands. He holds it all. We're so small. When we surrender control 
That's where it's at. That's where the freedom is at. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart. Seek God and he will direct your steps. I've read a couple books by John Eldridge. He's a clinical psychologist and he talks about this practice of benevolent detachment. And benevolent meaning kind and detachment meaning obviously detaching from the world and, and just the chaos around you. And he says to say this prayer, and I've been practicing this lately, Lord, I give you everyone and I give you everything. And in his book that I've been reading lately called Get Your Life Back, he says, you know, sometimes he has to do that multiple times during the day. He'll just pause and stop and say, all right, you know what, God, I give you everyone and I give you everything. Because he's the one that can handle it. (laughs) He's the one that's got the answers. We do not. And so I encourage you to practice some of these things, silence, some of that benevolent detachment. God, I just give it to you. I cannot carry it. There's true freedom when we can learn to let go and let God, let him take care of it. You know, just like I talked about the ocean, right? The waves come in and it wipes the slate clean. Well, that's what happens when we come to Christ and we repent of our sins. And we say, Jesus, I'm sorry, I blew it. I'm sorry, I have walked away from your ways. I repent of my sins. Guess what? His love and his grace and his forgiveness washes our sins away just like that sand, and it's all new again. And he, he provides that over and over and over again. When our efforts prove fruitless, lay it down, put it down, and just keep praying and keep trusting God. Amen? Look up, look up today. Get your eyes off of your circumstance and lean into him, lean into his presence. You are loved lavishly and covered in his grace. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today as we respond and worship team, if you'd come up. Thank you, Jesus. So just some quick reminders as we begin to respond to the Lord today. Stop striving and start abiding. That's for someone here today. I don't know who that is, but that connects to you, that wording. All right, stop striving and start abiding. Maybe you're here today and you, you realize you need to surrender control. You need to take your hands off the wheel and let God be God. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need his presence. You need to be still and know that he is God. Maybe you're here today and you just, you know, you just need to trust him. You need to sit back, get out of the driver's seat, be the passenger and just let him take care of it. Maybe you just need to let go. As I was on the beach and on the ocean, the Lord brought to me many things that I still needed to take care of in my heart as far as forgiveness goes. I don't think we fully ever get to that place where we're completely healed until we get to heaven, right? The things of life, trauma. God heals in layers, and sometimes he likes to go even deeper. 
And so I really believe that there are, are some of you here today that you need to let go. You need to forgive. And it might be somebody, but it might be yourself. And sometimes our self is the hardest person to forgive. But I want to take a moment and I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you and you know that you need to either forgive somebody else or you need to forgive yourself. So let's just close our eyes as we get ready to respond to the Lord today and to his word. And I just want to offer an opportunity to pray for you this morning. If you're sensing that in your heart, it's time to forgive that person. It's time to let that go finally. It's time to release that pain once and for all and stop carrying it around. If that's you, I want to pray for you today. Just raise your hand real quick. I just want to know who you are. I see it. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I see those hands. Absolutely. God sees your heart. He wants to help you to forgive once and for all so that weight can come off. You're dragging it around and you don't have to. You can release that. There's some of you here today, I believe you need to forgive yourself. You've received God's forgiveness, but you're still holding yourself to those things that you've done wrong, the things of the past. You're still walking in shame and guilt. And God says, you are free. I've already forgiven you. So that's somewhere today. Somebody here, raise your hand if you know you need to forgive yourself. All right? Yes, yes, yep, yep, absolutely. There's many of us. God's grace is here for you. I want you just to take a moment and just raise your hands to the Lord and just receive from him his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his mercy. He wants to pour it out to you right now. Jesus, we love you, God. We thank you. In this moment, just allow his love in your heart. Allow him to forgive. Allow him to help you to forgive yourself. Once and for all, release the shame, release the darkness, release the guilt, lay it at Jesus' feet, no longer for you to have to carry it around. Accept his freedom, accept the weight that he's lifting off in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence. God, we thank you that you are here to walk with us, here to carry our burdens. Thank you, Jesus, for the work that you did on the cross that frees us from our sin and shame and guilt that we don't have to carry around anymore. So, Lord, I pray for those that raise their hand, God. I pray right now that they're experiencing lightness and freedom. They're experiencing that healing. They're forgiving themselves once and for all, laying that down. God, we thank you in this moment that we can just soak in your love and your peace and your goodness. God, you're so good to us. And so, Lord, we thank you for that healing that's happening right now in hearts across this room. We thank you for the forgiveness that's happening, and that will happen. For those that have to forgive someone else, maybe it has to be a conversation, but maybe it can't be. God, we thank you that we can forgive other people, even if they're already gone or if there's no way to talk to them. We can release that to you, Jesus. Thank you that you died on the cross for our sins. Thank you that we don't have to pay the penalty ourselves. 
love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Just take a moment right now and just thank him. Just thank him for what he's doing in your heart, what he's doing in your life. God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you glory. And we just receive. We receive. We receive from you today all that you have for us, God.